let's talk about project there let's talk about project there I feel like Hunt would be so offended by that intro song. I know you're right. But I feel like Bryce would love it because Hunt would hate it. Yeah. And she true. she would be for it. And or I could give you like a soap opera entrance if you would want, like where it's like flashing clips of I'm very general hospital, like as I'm going where it's No. It's definitely like some kind of ballad. Metal breakdown. No. Oh yeah. A good metal. Yeah. Warp tour. The beat is definitely going to drop at some point. You're like, going to go to one of the small And then it's just stage. like a montage of like grabbing people by the throat. And, yes. and Bryce just vacuuming up. <laughs> <laughs> just vacuuming. All right. Project Little Lily on her belly look oh, with her head in her hands while she's watching. Bangs and bangs. Bangs and bangs. I almost said bangs and Why bangs. Why can I not remember anything? But like as soon as we're talking about that show i'm just like i know the name is right there it's right there or i think that's my brain. i think that's why i um was like oh yeah general hospital because fangs and bangs anyways so hunt would hate all of this mm-hmm. and he'd have his cute little scowl maybe like how oh, you have your forehead line thanks i'm getting botox <laughs> Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly, and this is a Court of Theories podcast where we deep dive all things Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. Sidebar. So I'm like 60% through Ice Planet Barbarians. The first one? The first one. Bitch, stop fucking him and go save her. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be fine. The one's dead. No, it's not. Yeah. She did that to herself. Honestly, hmm. what was she, French anyways or whatever? I don't know. French Canadian, I feel like. Because they were like, Americans and Canadians. So she's French Canadian. Uh, seems like a lot of trouble to go all that distance. Was yeah. there not enough women alone that you could kidnap? Uh, okay, so tell me about your Ice Planet Barbarian. Um, oh, experience. so I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Yeah. It's like a perfect like palate cleanser. Yeah. But I was like, bitch, stop getting fucked and go save your friends. Oh my God. But the part that gets there eventually. So she's there now. Like she just found them. And I forgot that what's her tits. Kira has the like translator thing in her ear so Mm -hmm. she can understand him because I was when after she met him and they could not understand each other, of course, then he, he's literally eating her out whenever yeah, she wakes kinda, up. That was messed up. But I guess if he's like primitive and that's his like resonance, as he calls it. I'm like, my God. But let's see. Where am I? Oh, it's whenever she. Fi- <laughs> this is appropriate. It's whenever she finds out that she's his mate. Mm-hmm. Of course. But those aliens at the beginning are fucked, man. That is fucked up. I can block that from my memory, honestly. God, so fucked up. But yeah, he... I just want to know, because I noticed in some... Because of course you got to look up artwork. I mean, I've seen some artwork before I read it, but you just... While you're reading it, you're like, of course I want to see it. You that ribbed. I noticed that obviously they'll all get glowing eyes and... And they'll be able to understand each other. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That was my foreshadowing. That's what I figured. Because I'm like, that would prove to be very difficult to... Yeah, they... The spaceship thing that they're living... Are they still in the one that they got there in? 
Yeah, he just got to the top of the mountain to basically save them. Okay. Yeah, he came across what's her noodle. They all come to be able to hear understand each other, yes. Okay, good. I was hoping. That was truly the one thing that I was like, please don't let this be like I can tell you if you don't, but I don't know. No, don't tell that was all I wanted to know. Okay. The rest of it can remain side unseen until okay. I get there. But yeah, I was like I just finished one of hers today. I literally on my way here. Called Which one? The Half Orcs Maiden Bride. I had no expectation. It was actually surprisingly adorable, and I'm sad that it's over. Aww. It was real cute. Real steamy, but also real sweet and real cute. Those things are parallel. He's green. No, real steamy and real sweet. Oh, I thought you meant the two series. Um, so, I was really excited about this one, and I... We have like on our Google Drive, I have that sheet that has all like the links and stuff that kind of takes us to like different theories that we have found. I would just like to also start out that this is a Reddit theory. So this is Reddit theory. So this is actually a dual theory. So it's our very own Emmy Ago slash Emily's Theories, who we love. And I always give props to in our show notes for everything. They did this together and it is a Reddit user, no dash conversation for 383. And her name is Charlie and Emily came together and cooked this theory up as a duo. So, and I love like they have this little thing at the top where it says, as always, this is just a theory. We don't claim to know where SJM is going with anything, but we found it fun to think about. And maybe some of you will too. And this is also just a reminder that stop being an asshole about theories. (laughs) Over fictional characters created by a brilliant mind of Sarah J. Mass. So this is Project Thur. What is it really? What is it? What, what is Project is Thur? To, so basically what I want, I just want to like to preface that I've got a part, like when I say part one, part two, that it's all going to be together. But like section one, section two that they have of their theory that's going on. And then also I have a little, I think I might have hinted this to you, but then I have this whole theory that can like it just throws a wrench into some shit and i think you'll be really excited about it at the end part one who is project thur so this is so then they start out with and project thur why was danica so interested in that thur was the last time someone got as far as danica did in learning about us it didn't end well for them i suppose she wanted to learn from their mistakes before acting it is just widely held belief that Project Thur refers to Hunt because there's so many comparisons between Hunt and Thur, the comments about him being bred, and it has just led to everyone believing that it is him. Bright, sorry to interject, but no. just talking about how it's even connected, like in Sky and Breath, and like the first few chapters, multiple times, Bryce makes comments about how much Hunt looks like. A statue of Thur. Mm-hmm. Her stepdad Randall says the exact same thing. That one looks like Hunt or Athlar. I forget what he says. Yeah. That one looks like Athlar. But yeah, that's the connection if you're not not as deep into this as us. Uh, right. And so Emily... Sometimes of, I forget that. I know. Not I know. everybody's this psycho. Not everybody is a psycho. And so one of the things that Emily said, this is definitely possible and is not entirely excluded by this theory, she says, but one thing that doesn't quite sit right is how was that the response to someone nearly discovering the Asteri's secret? 
And she said, I just can't figure out the logic in the Asteri going, oh no, that person has figured out we're stealing first. Like, quick, get the embryo. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, now as she goes on, but that project third doesn't include Hunt's creation. It's not to say that it doesn't, but there has to be more. I don't know. If you really look at it, is it that shallow of a reasoning? We have these thick ass books with all this going on. Could it be more? And so Emily, does this have to do with Shahar? Is Shahar involved? Shahar's involved. This is the, this is when Shahar's involved. You're welcome. You're welcome. welcome. That's why I gave you a heads up because I'm, I know you like to know, so you can come in with a good headspace. Okay. I I love to say what she says instead of just trying to paraphrase Mm -hmm. because she has such a way about saying things. And I, I don't ever want anybody to think that I'm trying to steal her theories. One, this may be something that no one has ever heard about or found on her Reddit or because she has Reddit, she has Tumblr, Mm -hmm. she has TikTok. And I, I just, sometimes I just love the way that she we're elevating phrases. her ideas. Yeah, because full, full oh yeah, that's why I was like going to start this off with Charlie and Emily coming mm-hmm. together. And so she says on here that not to say that project there doesn't include Hunt's creation, but she believes that there has to be another element to it, a reason for it, like mm-hmm. why he was created, which was put into practice the last time someone pulled a Danica and her and Charlie theorized that it has to do with Shahar. And so we know that Shahar led the rebellion against the Asteri and the Archangels, allegedly out of anger over her parents' deaths at the hands of Sandriel, or so she believed. Okay, so that's her twin, for those of you that don't know. And so House of Earth and Blood on page, and I like this one because we reference page numbers in this. Sometimes it's we don't find page numbers. Mm-hmm. So House of Earth and Blood, page 111. Shahar the Daystar had rebelled against her fellow archangels in the Asteri because of her parents' death. She wanted a world free of rigid hierarchies, yes, would have brought their rebellion right to the Crystal Palace of the Asteri if it had been successful. But she also wanted to make her sister pay. So then during Crescent City 2, we learned that prior to the rebellion, Celestina and Shahar had been friends. You left off the last sentence of that paragraph. Oh, sorry, what was it? It says, so after you said, but she'd also wanted to make her sister pay... The last sentence is, so Hunt had been unleashed. Just thought that was powerful. Keep going. So uh, Celestina and Shahar had been friends. And this is an excerpt that they have. So I don't have a page reference for it. But Celestina's eyes fell to her hands, fingers twisting. Shahar was my friend, my dearest friend. We kept it quiet. The Asteri wouldn't have approved. Shahar was already defying them in small ways when she and I became close and she thought they would see our friendship as an alliance and try to stop it. Hunt's heart stumbled. She never said anything. And so they go on to say this quote from Celestina was interesting because it states that Shahar's defiance toward the Asteri began before she launched her rebellion. And so quite possibly before the death of her parents. And so what if Shahar was the person Regalius was referring to? Were those, quote, small defiances prior to her full rebellion, her reactions to the truth about the Asteri? And when you look into it, there are actually a few parallels between Danica and Shahar. So Shahar was known as the Day Star. And then the name Danica means Morning Star, which we have talked about a bajillion times. House of Earth and Blood on page 361, the Day Star would have led the angels, maybe everyone, to a freer world, but she'd been extinguished. House of Sky and Breath, page 700, Danica started hunting for a way into a world where we could be together. 
And then in Arabic, Shahar is the word used for dawn. Shahar is considered the god of dawn. And similarly, in Slavic mythology, Danica, the morning star, is worshipped at daybreak, a.k.a. dawn. So there's just a ton of parallels between the two characters, which reading this, I was like, holy shit. I did Mm -hmm. not even, which I, we've had a previous conversation before about where I think I was telling you what Danica means. And you're like, Chahar means that too. And it's, she does what she doesn't like her name means day star where Danica means morning star, but you're going to see stars in the daytime, quote unquote daytime at like dusk. So it's just those cool. I was literally, my mouth popped open. I was like, they, they are so similar. And then also just them being as rebellious as they both were. And then she has this, and this is very interesting because we've talked about the play on words before that SJM has. And so her and Charlie have. Now, I already know some people are going to argue this next point because, quote, didn't end well is a fairly commonly used phrase. And I have seen that in some other threads about the, quote, didn't end well. But she has where... That's why I love having... I've got the, like the Kindle app on my phone. You can search those phrases so easily and it oh, yeah. pulls up every place that it is. Like and that's she, what I'm over here doing. I'm like, she has, but these are literally the only two times it's used across both books. And so she has, I have the excerpts, plenty of other situations didn't end well, like just, and that's without the quotes, like Bryce's visit to the Oracle, the autumn King and Ember's romance. They're in hooking up with the river queen's daughter. But Sarah didn't use the phrase when talking about any of those. She only used it in two instances. And so Emily and Charlie believe that it's at least possible that the phrase was used to link the last person who learned the Asteri's secret to Shahar. This is Regelius talking to Bryce about Project Thur. It says, Thur was the last time someone got as far as Danica did in learning about us. It, quote, didn't end well for them. She wanted to learn from their mistakes before acting. She was going to tell everyone what you were, is what Bryce said to him. And then this is Hunt telling Bryce about Shahar. His laugh was bitter as he opened the cheap pine armoire and pulled out a large duffel. I had someone once, someone who didn't care about status, but it didn't end well. Each word cinched his tongue. And and then they have, then we just abruptly, so that concludes part one. Okay. So I think the person Regelius was talking about when referring to Project Thur was Shahar. Shahar. So if you're going to talk about parallels between Danica and Shahar, it makes me like sick to my stomach because when Celestina is talking to Hunt, he realizes like he's like, she was your dearest friend. She never said anything like his whenever Celestina like reveals things to him as he gets closer and closer to Bryce he realizes that he has been pining over for Shahar for years like he thought they were in love and he's like wow she didn't give a shit about me yeah and then he he has like conscious thoughts that are in the book about whenever Bryce is like hunting for a meal and like putting herself at risk and all this stuff and Hunt makes comments like Shahar would have never done that yeah there wasn't something in it for her essentially. And that's something that he has a really hard time grasping that Bryce is just so unselfish. But Hunt was someone who didn't really like he didn't belong. He was looking for a place to belong. Shahar gave him a place to belong. She made him feel like he was really loved. She made him feel like they were like super, super close. And then he did all her bidding. Like she used and abused him. Is that not exactly the same thing that Danica did with Bryce? Yeah. 
I'm like, everything that you were saying, I'm like, every time you'd say Shahar, I'd be like, Danica. Yeah. Danica. Well, Danica. And Bryce like, didn't belong. Danica found a place yes. for her. And now more and more you find gave out about her Danica. quote unquote pack, which yeah. like Shahar gave Hunt the rebellion. Yeah. It's. She made her feel super, super loved. Danica never told Bryce that she loved her until Bryce literally killed a man for her. <sighs> it makes me sick because it's very obvious that Shahar was like using and abusing Hunt. It's less obvious, I think, about Danica until you start looking at it this way. And it really sucks because, I don't know, she's, for one, she's not there. And they each have these people on such high pedestals in their Mm -hmm. lives. And it's like, they have been using you for years for their own means. Red flag central. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. It sucks. I I don't really care about Danica as a character, as a person. Like, I don't really, I'm not like in love with her or anything. I don't want it to get worse. For Bryce's sake. It's so funny that I feel like that we are two of the few people that truly have a problem <laughs> with Danica. There's so many of them like the people that were like, is Danica really dead? Is she? It's like, we don't need that bitch to come back. Leave that bitch alone. She are you evil? She carries around a bouquet of red flags. Mm-hmm. For real. She was doing things selfishly she had i'm not saying that what she was doing uh, again and also like this refers to shahar for the greater good but it's also like they each have tattoos because of those people too yes and they're i'm just like drawing all the parallels right. now and so it, it, i know that's why i'm like we're gonna abruptly end this but i knew that your little cogs were moving so i'm like we're danica's not great Mm-mm. and for whatever reason the fandom is like oh, oh, oh. that's why like all the stuff that's like through love Everything's pos- I'm like, I'm not really attached to that phrase. A lot of the fandom is. Like Danica be- really loved these people I, in her life. Yeah, I don't think so. I I do. I think it was such a facade. I would love to be proven wrong, just for the record. If somebody... But can, the way things stand right now, not it great. doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. No, she was just basically leading Bryce along. She was giving her, to me, a false sense of security And even though she had her to where she declared that she was a wolf, she still wasn't accepted Mm -hmm. for who she was or what she was. And everyone being like, Danica, she was a rebel. She loved her too. Did she? Or did she find a convenience in her? Mm -hmm. That convenient friend that, you know, would throw themselves in front of a bus for you, but like you wouldn't, would you do that for them? Mm -hmm. So, but you'd put a really important... (laughs) ancient fey artifact in their back so you could use them once in a while right and then just fucking send her on a wild goose chase looking for a treasure map and not tell her anything about anything and don't play like don't i don't want anybody coming at me acting she might have told her no she would she yeah she had no clue no i think if things would have went well she would have finally told her and like the whole thing about danica even putting that in her back for one thing not having consent is really fucking awful for another thing how in what universe could Danica possibly see that would not endanger Bryce? And then, of course, it can be the argument, like I said, oh, even just a minute ago, for the greater good. But if you're not telling her that she's for the greater good, then... Sarah also really likes making us hate the people that are for the greater good. <laughs> I know. But they can be for the greater good and not, you know... Which is so interesting. I mean, following a bunch of bookstagram accounts and especially for dark romances, you know, we all love our morally grays. It's one of those. As long as they turn into cinnamon rolls in the end, I feel like. And I think it's, I think it's Stephanie Garber that 
I think it might be her character, Jax. He basically says that heroes, they don't get the happy endings because they're sacrificing for the greater good. I guess she would be, they would both be considered heroes. But then also I think it's just whoever is telling the story. Yeah. And I think that's why people try to make Danica like a hero because she was, quote, sacrificing for the greater good. But she was also throwing anyone in, Everyone that she possibly could heroes under the bus. Don't get, heroes don't get happy endings. They give them to other people. That's your quote. Okay. Uh, but Danica, I don't think was looking for a happy ending. Baxian believed she was like looking for a happy yeah. ending for them. So was she doing any of this for the greater good? Yeah. Or was it more for her and him to be together? How long? What's the timeline of whenever she finds him to where she was already? Was she? How did they meet? Her and Baxian? Was it something to do with her dad or was she sniffing around because she was already doing research about this? I think it was whenever she was sniffing around for her research. I don't think she already knew because of her dad. Hang on. I just meant because they were both in the same place. And I'm like, was she looking for her dad? Not because she wanted to see him, like talk to him, but was she trying to feel her dad out? And then she ran into Baxian and they had that. Or was this a thing where she was already rebelling? That's what I'm wondering. We keep saying the greater good, exposing the estate. Is it for that? Or was it down in the core, a selfish? I know. And I'm trying to. It really sounds like I'm trying to villainize Danica. Am I? I'm not sure. Well, I just want to really expose the truth. Yeah. I. Speaking as a Scorpio. Speaking <laughs> as a Scorpio. Yeah. I've not. I've had a cough for two weeks, but I feel like it's been so much better today. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm in the your house right by the freaking cornfield i'm coughing more now than i have all day long it's probably just me in general maybe also do you see how many times i'm rolling my neck because my freaking head and neck are killing me oh all the way down through my through my shoulder blade is just fucking killing me i don't have a headache but i do does that make sense it's literally just like right up into my head not a headache but a ache on your head yes yes (laughs) Yeah, it's not brain deep. It's yeah. just skin skin deep. Surface. <laughs> Surface pain. Surface level headache. Okay. It's House of Sky and Breath, page 700. Danica <sighs> started hunting for a way into a world where we could be together. Okay, but how did they meet? I don't know. I'm just telling you how they could be together. But she failed. Sucks to suck. Sorry. Okay, so they are talking to Baxian. They... Bryce and Hunt think that they've been caught by Baxian, essentially. And Bryce points a rifle at Baxian. And she says, why the fuck do you keep popping up? Hunt says, you're not spying for the hind or the Asteri, but I don't fucking believe it. Not for one second. She clicked off the safety. Of course she did. Of course she did. (laughs) So tell me the God's damn truth before I put this bullet through your head. Baxian walked to one of the carved walls full of skulls, didn't seem to care that he was a foot away from the barrel of her gun. He ran a finger down the brown skull of what seemed to be some fanged veneer and said, that's probably important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and highlight just, that. Just go ahead and highlight that. <laughs> that just that casual. Ran, yep. a, ran a finger d- down the brown skull of what seemed to be some fanged veneer. Is there a fanged veneer that we know of? I don't know. That's probably important. I don't know. You heard it here first, folks. Put a pin in that. Through love, all is possible. The rifle nearly tumbled from her fingers. What? 
Baxian peeled back the collar of his battle suit, revealing brown, muscled flesh and a tattoo scrawled over the angel's heart in familiar handwriting. He got it tattooed in her handwriting. Oh, love, all is possible. I didn't. Whenever I t- talked about that, I did not know it was yeah. in her handwriting. It's in it's in Danica's handwriting. Why do you have Danica's handwriting tattooed on you? Baxian's dark eyes became pained, empty, because Danica was my mate. Bryce says, you're a fucking liar. He says, I loved her more than anything. Hunt says, this is a fucking funny asshole. Baxian turns with pleading eyes to Hunt. Bryce wanted to claw the male's face off. He says, she was my mate. Ask Sabine. Ask her why she ran the night she burst into your apartment. She always hated it and feared me because I saw how she treated her daughter and wouldn't put up with it because I've promised to turn her into carrion one day for what Danica endured. That's why Sabine left the party last night so fast to avoid me. Bryce didn't lower her gun. You are full of shit. Baxian splayed his arms, wings rustling. Why the fuck would I lie about this? To win our trust, Hunt said. Bryce couldn't get a breath down. It had nothing to do with the teleporting. I would have known. If Danica had a mate, I would have known. Oh, you think she would have told you that her mate was someone in Sandril's Triari? The hellhound? You think she would have run home to dish about that? Bryce says, still fuck you, blah, blah, blah. Baxian says, I met her two years before she died. He said quietly. She and Thorn, this is Bryce saying, Baxian let out a laugh so bitter it cracked her soul. Thorn was delusional to think she'd ever be with him. She fucked around, Bryce seethed. You were no one to her. I had two years with her, Baxian said. She didn't fuck anyone else during that time. Bryce still doing the mental tally right before her death, literally the night she died. That's me improvising, but literally the night she died. Yeah. Bryce had teased Danica about two years that she hadn't gone on a date in two years. Hunt just gaped at her now, but she racked her memory. Danica had hooked up constantly throughout college, but a few months into their senior year, And the year after, she partied but stopped the casual sex. Bryce choked out. It's not possible. Baxian, blah, blah, blah. Believe me, I didn't want it either, but we saw each other and knew. That's why your behavior changed. You met Danica right after I left. It changed everything for me, Baxian said. How did you even meet each other? Bryce demanded. There was a gathering of wolves, Panjaren and Valbaran. The prime sent Danica as his emissary. Bryce remembered that. How pissed Sabine had been that Danica had been tapped to go and not her. Two weeks later, Danica had come back and she'd seemed subdued for a few days. She said it was exhaustion, but you're not a wolf. Why were you even there? Danica couldn't have been with Baxian, couldn't have a mate and not told her about it, not smelled like it. She was a bloodhound with that preternatural sense of smell. She'd have known better than anyone else how to hide that scent, how to detect if any trace of it had remained on her. I wasn't at the gathering. She sought me out while she was there. Why? Because she was researching shifter ancestry. Mine is unique. You shift into a dog. Bryce raged. (laughs) What's unique about that? Even Hunt gave her a disapproving frown, but she didn't care. She was sick of these surprises about Danica, about all things she'd never known. She wanted to know about my shifter ancestry, really old shifter ancestry that manifested in me after years of lying dormant. She had examined the most ancient bloodlines in our world and saw a name on an early ancestor's family tree that could be traced all the way to the last living descendant, me. What the hell could you even tell her if it was that ancient? Hunt said, ultimately nothing, but once we knew we were mates, once we'd sealed it, she started to open up about what she'd been looking into. Was it about the synth? Bryce asked. No, Baxian clenched his jaw. I think the synth was a cover for something else. Her death was because of the research she was doing. So she was already doing this research before she meets Baxian. Okay. 
Sorry, I just read for 45 minutes, but no, I think that's a good interaction because number one, it, it helps just our stand on like why Danica kind of sucks. Yeah. And so literally two people that she allegedly cared about, like this, what I was reading from, by the way, is that the last couple of pages of chapter 64 and then into chapter 65 of sky and breath. It just read when I remember when I was reading that I was my my mouth was open and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, and just for Bryce to have those realization, like that realization of, I really don't know anything about her. Well, and I that's stopped, heartbreaking. Yeah. I stopped too soon because Bryce asks, why did she care about any of this? And Baxian said, she wanted to know where we came from, the shifters, the Fae, all of us. She wanted to know where we'd once been. It might inform our future. Baxian's throat worked. She told me she wanted to find an alternative to Sabine. She was an alternative to Sabine, Bryce snapped. She had a feeling she might not live long enough for that, Baxian said hoarsely. Danica didn't want to leave the wolf's future in Sabine's hands. She was seeking a way to protect them by uncovering a possible alternative in the bloodline to challenge Sabine. It was so Danica, Bryce says. Fuck Danica, I don't care. But after we met, Baxian went on. She started hunting for a way into a world where we could be together since there was no way Sabine or Sandril or even the Asteri would have allowed it. Bryce puts the safety back on the gun. End scene. <laughs> Baxian says, I was so fucking glad when you killed Micah. I knew I had this we feeling that Prick was involved in her death. We all were glad. Glad someone finally put a bullet through Micah's head, Baxian had said when they'd first met. It just sucked because you just hear two people that cared about her so much literally have these realizations and it's not really outward in it, but you can imagine how Baxian probably felt like telling Bryce all of this stuff and realizing that she didn't know. Baxian says she loved you, Bryce. You were the most important person in the world to her. You were, and Bryce cuts him off. Shut up. Just shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. Don't you? Don't you want to know all of it? Isn't that why you've been digging around? You want to know, need to know what Danica knew, what she was up to, what she kept secret. But I, her secrets just keep coming. Yeah. They can't stop coming and they won't stop coming. Back to the world and I hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah, we can't go on or else we'll you have set to that like, up. You set that up. You I did. That up. I did. I picked it up. I know. I Thank you for picking up. Also, we can't go on because then we'll have to pay money, but we have to stop. We don't have royalty. We, money. Don't. we are not royalty money. You know? Yeah. I have a lot of, I have a lot of feelings about it and I feel like anyone that would listen to this might get upset about some of the mean things I might say about Danica. The Aries in me would say really mean things. So now that we've got the heartache of Baxian, I really, I really got to like him. I know. I can't wait. Yeah. My first read through, I was like, I don't care about you. Get off the page. And the second time I was like, I was obsessed with him. I wasn't. I feel like the first time I read anything, I'm just like, like, I'm not, I'm a, I'm reading it, but I'm not absorbing it. Oh. And like my opinions the first time through anything are never like what I end up with. You know what I mean? No, I know you mean. It's almost like I can't take it in fast enough. So I'm not like taking in enough of the detail or whatever. Yeah. No, I get it. I had the same experience the first time I watched the office all the way through. I got the whole time. I was like, I cannot fucking stand Dwight. He's the word, whatever. And now I'm like, are you kidding me? Dwight's my makes spirit animal. Show. Yeah. He's my goddamn spirit oh, animal. Just another example. I know. Anyways, part two. What is project there? Dun, dun, dun. What was the first headline? Is that not the same? What was part one's headline? Who is project oh. there? Who is project there? Shahar. Shahar. Okay. 
I was like, did we even answer it? Yes, yeah. we did. Oh, that Lord. the person just so y'all know Regalius it is was talking 11 p.m. It's fine. I had three hours of sleep last night. You're fine. You had an Addy. You're fine. <laughs> Stop <laughs> telling people that. <laughs> it's a prescription for you, not for me. Also, um, an Alani energy drink. I'm so addicted to those. I used to limit myself to one a day. How many did you have today? Three. I think I only had one today, but my max is I have had three in one day before. I I should not do that, but I've gotten way trip Kelly will do that. I've gotten way too comfortable drinking two of them a day. Oh, my heart would explode. I don't, explode out I don't drink chest. coffee anymore though. Like I, I used to love coffee. I used to drink coffee all freaking day long. I love coffee. I have, I've been really what like we don't have to, we don't have to keep this. We don't have to share this. Okay. But I've lost a lot of weight. You have, you look great. Thank you. And I've done so with watching my blood sugar and stuff. So yeah. I was, but it's like my taste and stuff have almost, compl- I used to like crave coffee. I needed coffee. Like as soon as I woke up. Yeah. I don't even like it anymore. Half the time. It's the weirdest thing. I just have my one cup at work. and But I do like those Alani drinks. So I used to not, I used to drink coffee all the time. And now it's, I just want that like fruity, fizzy taste. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I turned my neck wrong. <coughs> God damn it. This is 31. Uh, that, well, you know, like I don't really drink soda very much anymore. I have tea right here, but that's different. Tea's not the same. But cherry bubblies is what got me off of soda. I just. What the hell's that? The bub, like bubblies? Like. Oh, the brand. I've never had that. Oh, I lo- Listen, I love. Are they sweet? Though. Because I think. Yes, I but think no. I, could, I think I could get myself off of the Alani things if I had something similar without the caffeine. Like. It's not as sweet. Like, it is part of the caffeine for me, but it's all, it's like, ten, they're like 10 calories. I know they're like not no that sugar, bad. whatever. Yeah. But it's the caffeine that I, whatever. But if I could find something that tasted similar without the caffeine, I would also switch to that and stop drinking more than one a day. Oh, I mean, bubblies are not on, but I cannot stand like carbonated water. So gross. Oh, I hate it. Casey doesn't like it either, but he thinks I'm disgusting. But like, I mean, I'm I, like, why can't they make me those Alani energy drinks just with no caffeine? Why can't that? Why can't they make something that tastes the same? Don't they care about my heart health? No, you're asking too much of the patriarchy. Okay. Um, corporate America. If I die, then I can't keep buying them. So, well, you're we're all going to die. Yeah. As a physical book lover, we've all found ourselves in major need of a bookmark when we've been rudely interrupted while reading. Interruptions like your job, your needy pets and family, or your spouse wanting to tell you all about a random thing that they've been doing, all while you're at a really good part. Don't they see that we're reading? And in those moments, we've all found ourselves having to grab for a receipt, a post-it note, a scrap of paper, or the absolute worst, dog-earing your page. Well, in those moments, Case Leatherworks has you covered. Their dog ear bookmark fits perfectly over the corner of your page, so you never lose your place. Their products are made with top grain American leather in a variety of colors, and you have the option to customize your bookmark with your initials. Along with their bookmarks, they offer a variety of home good products that's perfect for any reading nook. Support small business by visiting caseleatherworks.com, and our listeners will receive 10% off your first order by using code THEORIES at checkout. That's offer code theories at caseleatherworks.com. Okay. So what is Project Thur part two? So we're going back to the Celestina quote. And so Emily and Charlie talk about another part that stuck out is the fact that Celestina and Shahar were worried their relationship could be seen as a threat by the Asteri. So knowing that the Asteri would view the collaboration of oh, two. So Shahar had a selfless moment where she didn't throw Celestina under the bus. Amazing. I feel like maybe Celestina just being who she is. Cause I'm not a fan, obviously given the end of 
sky and breath want to rip her throat out throw her off a cliff i feel like sidebar i feel like that is going to come back to bite her in the fucking ass because there's no i think hypaxia is gonna fuck i was gonna say there's no way she knows that hypaxia is involved with them no oh she absolutely not absolutely not they're just like fucking in a broom closet like that's gonna they be, don't know that's gonna be celestina's like downfall oh i think so that she threw hypaxia under the bus oh yeah like, that she signed her death warrant whenever she did that yeah absolutely okay and so knowing that the asteri would view two archangels getting together as a threat how do you think they'd feel about sibling archangels and so it is said in Earth and Blood that it's a rare occurrence for both siblings to inherit the power, and some considered it a good omen, but a good omen for whom we don't know. So given how Celestina and Shahar had to hide their relationship, it's pretty pretty big bet that the Assyri weren't thrilled about sibling archangels. So it gets even more interesting when you look at how the two sisters held such opposing beliefs, Shahar and Sandriel, as to like how and why. What does Sandriel mean? The rebellion started. I'll look it up. You can keep talking. Wait. What? What? I just looked up what does Sandriel mean? And then one of the Google things was like, what does Sandriel mean in the Bible? And I'm like, that's weird. I didn't know it was in the Bible. And it pulls it up. Sandriel might be a variant of Sariel. I might be saying that wrong. No, yeah. S A R I E L. Uh huh. I have other possible of versions of his name are surreal s-u-r-i-e-l what in enoch in first enoch chapter 20 verse 6 he is said to be one of the seven holy angels who watch i have chills all over my whole body who is set over the spirits who sin in the spirit oregon identified surreal as one of the seven angels who are considered primordial powers by the ophites and Nocticism, Serial is invoked for his protective powers. Not to be confused with the fallen watcher, Sariel, which means God is my moon, who bears a similar name. In First Enoch, he is said to have taught humans the course of the moon. How fucking weird that the that came out. Well, I know it's not fucking weird. I know it's Sarah yeah. being Sarah that is related to Serial and then it is one of the seven holy angels who watch, who is set over the spirits, who sin in the spirit. What? In traditional texts, the fallen watcher Serial, according to the book of Enoch, was one of the leaders of angels who lusted after the daughters of men. They descended, descended to the summit of Mount Hermon in the days of Jared to acquire wives and lead men astray. Serial specifically taught men about the course of the moon. Mount Hermon? Lead men astray? Oh, Okay. But that's Sarah. That's like the derivative of Sandriel, not like Shahar. That's weird. I guess she could just pull it. But do you have more? Or are you just thinking? I'm just thinking and I'm just. I've never seen anybody else pull that. Is this another original theory? Maybe. Or a, maybe not a theory, just a finding. Just, yeah, just. I swear if they don't publish the Massiverse Bible at oh some God, point in time, I will die. I will die. <laughs> Oh, okay. Serial Fallen Angel, S-A-H-A-R-I-E-L. Wait, what is this? What's the origin verse? Is that like another fandom? Because did I? Archangel Serial. My brain hurts. Serial Angel of Death, S-A-R-I-E-L. What is that? Did you say the Fallen Watcher whenever you read that a minute ago? It says in traditional text, the Fallen Watcher Serial. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did you read more on that? I read, they descended to the summit of Mount Hermon in the days of Jared to acquire wives and lead men astray. Serial specifically taught men about the course of the moon. In the same book, the archangel Serial is one of the holy angels who is set over the spirits that sin in the spirit and is one of the angels who took upon the bloodshed on earth, along with Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, and Uriel. He is listed as one of the angels that brought Enoch to heaven along with Michael, uh, Raphael, and Gabriel as names to ride upon the shields of soldiers in a tower during maneuvers. This is in the Dead Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. It is used on the shields of the third tower. The angel Serial is briefly mentioned in the conflict of Adam and Eve with Satan as bearing Adam and Eve from the top of the mountain to the cave of treasures. The la- in the ladder of Jacob, Serial is dispatched by the Lord to Jacob to explain to him the meaning of the dream about the ladder. So, so that cereal is like the one with the T. That's yeah, the cereal. That's the cereal. The Greek magical papri represents him as a deity to be called upon in rites using the surreal variation of his name, which is S O U R I E L. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry, but that just no, that freaked mm. me out. No, now my brain hurts more than it has for a while. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. We got to keep going. We have to forge forward. Wait one second. Uh, Not more. Who is Serial, the mighty archangel? I pray for protection and justice. What? Serial. Thank you, Siri. Serial is one of the seven main archangels of the Catholic Church, also recognized by other religions. Never heard of them in my life. Mm. I'm also not Catholic. We're not Catholic. It symbolizes the healing of the spirit and emotions of the person. It represents the strength to control anxiety and anguish and is said to be the last angel to pass away. I should know this one if it, they control uh, the anxiety. We should. I can't control my own anxieties. In the Hebrew culture, the world serial wants to express God's mandate, while for Muslims, it means the angel of death. Serial is mostly translated as commandment of God, but it is also called will of God or law of God. He is seen as the angel of souls to whom we turn to pray for protection against injustice and the evils and negative energies that haunt the world. So interesting. I know. Hang on. I'm reading the bullet points about the powers and then I will, I'll get out of here. The archangel serial represents the order of God and he is one who is responsible for the fate of the angels who violate divine laws. That is, it is the divine punishment for disobedience. It is said that he has the ability to control the lives of other human beings, and therefore he is represented as, as a priest or a boss who can be demanding but just when needed. Serial is a celestial entity that enjoys the gift of healing like the archangel Raphael and also interferes, interferes in the battles of the earth, a word I can't pronounce. Thus, the great troops of God are also ruling as a warrior to confront Satan and his evil entities. So interesting uh, <sighs> also and according to scholars serial is the same heavenly angel also known as Azrael. what does it mean <laughs> what does it mean uh, okay now my head really hurts this is a headache not just a head pain mm. okay i'm gonna need you to get out of that for now because that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole other conversation that we're going to have to have. Okay. Okay. Serial. I'm so sorry. How is serial represented? Here are the attributes as described as an angel. 
expressive blue eyes, white hair reaches. It says she, but it is also calls him. He, I don't know. Reaches the knees. It has six wings, which is why it is recognized as a seraph of those who are in the highest hierarchy of the creator's throne. <laughs> Seraphim. Legend has it that it has four faces to be able to see the four cardinal points of the earth and that it has 4,000 wings and its entire body is made up of eyes and tongues. Oh, that's the creepy angel. Ew. I forgot about the creepy. You know what? We did know about the creepy angel. Mm-hmm, but I didn't know that was, yeah, that I didn't was, know that was his name. Serial <sighs> is also known as the, one of the angelic entities that protects from the well-known and traditional evil eye. Which is funny because I don't know. The eye on Ferris Palm that's supposedly for protection. I don't know. Surely there's nothing to that. No, nothing. Nothing at all. We're going down a dark road. Okay. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry because now. Now we have a lot more to look into. Yeah. Now I have. Yeah. Now my head hurts. And you know that I'm not going to let it go because I I love name meetings and I'm not going to let that go. Okay. Well, great. 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 You know what? You always like to drop shit like this before I go to bed. I'm so sorry. So, okay. Anyways. All right. We're back into what is Project Thur. So scary. <laughs> no, that's a great sidebar. I love sidebars. Okay. So, it is said that in Earth and Blood, that it's a rare occurrence for both siblings to inherit the power. And some considered it a good omen, but a good omen for whom? And we don't know. And so, given how Celestia... Celestina, celestial, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Jesus. Given how Celestina and Shahar had to hide their friendship, pretty sure that the Asteri weren't thrilled about sibling archangels. And so it gets even more interesting when you look at how the two sisters held such opposing beliefs as to how, why the rebellion started. This is, I again, they just have a screenshot. I can't, I don't know what page this is on. But, and Shahar had a good reason to go after her sister. Their parents had both been archangels whose titles had passed to their daughters after an assassin had somehow managed to rip them to shreds. He'd never forget Shahar's theory that Sandriel had killed their parents and framed the assassin. That she'd done it for herself and her sister so they might rule without interference. There had never been proof to pin it on Sandriel, but Shahar believed it to her dying day. Fools. They had all been fools. It made no difference if he'd admitted his folly. Sandriel believed he'd lured his twin into the rebellion, that he had turned Shahar against her, that somehow when sister had drawn blade against sister, so nearly identical in face and build and fighting technique, that it was like watching someone battle their reflection. It was his fucking fault that it had ended with one of them dead. So obviously that's Hunt's POV. So then why would Sandriel never admit to killing her parents even after she'd killed Shahar? You would think if this was like some evil mastermind plan that once you offed your sister, you, you would wouldn't be, have a reason to hide it. You'd be like, like every evil villain in every movie ever. She had nothing to gain by lying. And it's not as though the Assyria were likely to punish her for it at this point. They would have just been like, cool. Thank you for getting offing that rebellious leader what if there really was an assassin i need you to look at me and what if it was hunt when you hear the term assassin in crescent city one's mind does tend to jump straight to fury but hunt fits the profile just as well in fact it's said to be quote what he does best that he killed their parents without so Shahar knowing? Yeah. 
Okay. Charlie and Emily have four different examples. It says, yet Hunt hadn't lingered after he'd stapled her leg shut. Obviously talking about Bryce. He'd launched into the night to do what he did best, find their enemies and obliterate them. Another one against warriors who had never stood a chance. Then by commanding him to do what he did best, slipping into a room and ending lives one after another, year after year, decade after decade. Next one. The file contained all he needed, names, dates, crimes, and a timeline for Hunt to do what he did best. Plus any requests for Micah regarding the method employed. Then the next one. Justinian arrived in eight. Leaving his brother in arms to it, Hunt sucked in a breath of dusty dry air, the Easteros a tear teal ribbon to his left and went to do what he did best. Emily says, now before you get angry at me, (laughs) if, and if is capital, Hunt is the assassin that killed Shahar's parents. Emily and Charlie don't think that he's aware of it because we saw it firsthand in Earth and Blood that he disassociates after he kills. But what if it goes beyond that? Some of these passages also seem to suggest that Hunt becomes someone else entirely. So in Earth and Blood on page 112, and there's quite a few of these, so bear with me. Page 112. It was why he'd done everything Micah had ordered him to do tonight. Why everyone felt distant. His body pulled from him, his head full of a dull roaring. Earth and Blood, page 321. Hunt was nothing but a shadow, a wisp of life, an instrument of death. He was nothing and no one at all. Earth and Blood, 322. So he patched himself up, pieced himself together, half crawled out of the boiling hot shower and into the person he was when he wasn't forced to put a bullet between someone's eyes. Earth and Blood, 496. I definitely feel like I'm reading out of the Bible. Earth, the book of Earth and Blood, <laughs> verse 496. The feeling had only worsened at his vague response to her message. No mention of why he'd been called in, what he was up to, as if someone else had written it for him. She'd typed out a dozen different replies to that not hunt message. Earth and Blood 498. He was a wraith, a demon, a shadow of death. This male helmeted and in his battle clothes. She didn't know him. And then in Sky and Breath, page 508, the lightning cleared from his eyes as if he willed it, as if he wanted her to see the male beneath, pure hunt, no one and nothing else. So then we'll go back to the passage about Shahar's rebellion and this one particular line. It was his fucking fault that it ended with one of them dead. Say that again. So we're going back to the passage I read earlier about Shahar's rebellion. And in one line in particular, because it's from Hunt's POV, it was his fucking fault that it ended with one of them dead. Meaning Shahar? Meaning Shahar. If Hunt was actually the assassin that killed their parents, which which led to Shahar's rebellion in the first place, then this statement would ring true. Because he was the one that killed their parents and then... Shahar thought it was Sandriel. And so then that really, even though she was already like maybe already rebelling, that's what like blew up into the full blown rebellion that she had. But Hunt's memories of the events has been wiped clean. 
possibly due to his dissociative state he enters when he's under orders. Yeah, because the last thing we hear about Punt and Sky and Breath, they're what? putting the tattoo on his forehead. The halo kept spreading over his skull, worse than any Gorsian shackle. His power writhed in its iron grip, no longer his to fully command. Just as his own life, his freedom, his future with Bryce, gone. Another paragraph. Then the last sentence we hear about Hunt in this book, then Hunt knew nothing at all. So Shahar was learning the truth about the Asteri, and they could not risk her and Sandriel uniting against them. So instead, they devised a plan to turn the two sisters against each other, just as they've turned the Fae and the wolves against each other and the Fae and the angels, because they could not stand the fact of two archangels having that power to, to run the joint. The one thing the Asteri feared most is a united front. After all, that's how hell defeated them. One last thing she has, looking back over the last few quotes, you'll notice a few of them have a uh, seam of Hunt being, quote, nothing. Doesn't this sound a little bit like the last time we see him in Sky and Breath? On page 791, then Hunt knew nothing at all. And it there was definitely speculated in the fandom that this meant that his memory had been wiped. And Emily and Charlie both say they had assumed that he just blacked out. But what if it's neither looking at all the above quotes, it seems entirely possible that he could have been put into another persona of his like puppet slash like sleeper agent stage because clearly the Asteri had a grip on everything. And so hunt being the umber mortis being a pawn in this. So then she has this at the bottom project. Thur is sleeper agent hunt. He becomes someone else when under a control and can't remember what happens during in this persona. He killed Sandriel and Shahar's parents, which started the rebellion, which in turn led to Shahar's death, which led him to being fully enslaved and under the control of the Asteri. Then on Reddit, following this, a user called fluke 1389. <laughs> and I'm just going to read this verbatim. I think the Asteri orchestrated the parents' death to turn them against each other, knowing that one archangel would be strong enough to kill the other. I don't think they would have known for sure that Sandriel would win, but if she didn't, it wouldn't have been too hard for the Asteri to swoop in and then punish her for that crime. Or possibly even, quote, activate Hunt to then take her out on their behalf. We know that they don't like to get their hands dirty because they had ample opportunity to directly intervene with Danica, but they chose to manipulate Micah into doing it instead. So the whole sister versus sister thing just feels like it fits that MO. Yes, he was free during the rage days thing in the sea, but he also wasn't technically enslaved until after Shahar's rebellion fell either. So I think their control over him has more to do with his quote breeding than the slave tattoo or the halo. So that's interesting because chapter 77 of sky and breath, Hunt couldn't breathe. He had a Gorsian stone gag match the ones clamped around his wrist and neck. The same thing contained rune and Baxian as the two males were led towards the throne room. Not one flicker of lightning remained in Hunt's body. And then it goes on to say Baxian was escorted over bloodied and bruised from the fight with Pollux. Mordok was recovering from his slit throat hate simmering from his eyes. Hunt gave the bloodhound a savage smile as a ribbon of Regalia's power hauled Hunt to his feet. 
A short stop before the dungeons, I think, Regalius announced, turning left toward the shattered rune along the hall, toward the now empty gate where Bryce went through. Mm -hmm. Hunt was powerless to do anything but follow. He's covered head to toe in Gorsian stone. Rune and Baxian with him. He's like reflecting Bryce has gone through the gate. He can only pray she reached hell, that she'd find Adis and he would protect her. She'd be able to rally the armies to save them. Hunt doubted he'd be around to see it, doubted Rune or Baxian would either. Regelius halted before the gate. Get the angel on his knees. Bryce's scent still lingered in the air of the empty space framed by the gate. Hunt focused on that scent and that scent alone as Pollock shoved him to the floor before the gate. If this was it, he could die knowing Bryce had gotten away. Go ahead, Hammer, Regalius said, smiling at Hunt. Cold death in his ageless eyes. Hunt could feel Rune and Baxian watching in muted horror. Hunt bowed over his knees, waiting for the blow to his neck. He's thinking about Bryce. Pollux's hands clamped onto either side of his face, holding it upright, like he'd snap Hunt's neck with his bare hands. But Pollux laughed softly. Hunt knew why, a moment later, as Regalius approached, a hand lifted a near-blinding white light. I don't think I need one of the crones this time, the bright hand said. I assume that meant something to do with the witches. Because the witches are the ones that put the... Yeah. So why does he not need one of them to do it this time? Because they don't have another audience? Yeah, I think the witches were a front for that. He's holding... He's got Pollux holding his head still so that Regalius can do it. Hunt thrashed, but Pollux held him firm, smile unfaltering. Regalius laid his glowing hands on Hunt's brow and pain erupted through his skull, his muscles, his blood, as if the very marrow of his bones were being burned into mist. The Asteri's power slithered and spiderwebbed across Hunt's brow, piercing into him with every spike of the halo's thorns that Regalius tattooed there. And it says Hunt screamed then. Beside him, Baxian started inhaling sharp, jagged breaths like the hellhound knew he was next. So if Pollux like knows what's going on, if they were in Sandril's Chiari and Baxian says multiple times, Hunt says multiple times about Sandril being in the Asteri's back pocket. So she's gone. Pollux and Murdoch are working for the Asteri now, clearly. Right. And Baxian was a double agent there for a while. So Baxian like knows what's up. He's panicking. Yes. He would rather die. He wasn't panicking when he thought he was going to be killed. Knowing that he's about to get a tattoo the same way Hunt has. Yes. He's panicking. Yes. Because I think at that point, it can be very much like Dorian's collar. I was going to say, talking about how the Gorsian stone Hunt had no power. The next sentence is... The halo kept spreading over his skull worse than any Gorsian shackle. His power writhed in its iron grip, no longer his to fully command. Just as his own life, his freedom, his future with Bryce gone. Yep. But then that makes me think, do you think there's a connection with, and maybe it's just some something about the Asteri's power being imbued inside of the tattoo, but like Bryce has the horn tattooed in her because of how Danica did that. So is there something in that tattoo itself or is it just the Asteri's power? I don't know. Maybe that's not important. But I think even if there's nothing like technically, quote unquote, in it, it is just so similar to whenever they clamp the collar onto Dorian. Do you think that the Asteri can harness power the same way they do in Monsters, Inc.? Hunt screamed again. <laughs> and as darkness swept in to claim him, he wondered if that soul scream, not the halo, was what Regalius wanted. Regalius had to power back up, baby. He needed Hunt to scream. If the Asteri believed the sound of his suffering might carry through the gate and into hell itself where Bryce could hear him, then Hunt knew nothing at all. 
The monsters thing was a joke. Just trying to lighten the new. That's why I went boo. I know. <laughs> but then Hunt knew nothing Kitty. at all. So that makes do they say the part about the tattoo again? Like that, it not necessarily being the tattoo that controls him. Say that part again. Oh, that was just my head cannon. Oh, so what'd you say? That okay. So maybe it's not. Maybe it's not necessarily what is in the tattoo because obviously the Asteri power, but I think that it just mirrors a lot about whenever Dorian gets the collar put on him in Throne of Glass and deep down he is still in there, but that collar, I mean, for lack of a better term, has him in a chokehold. Like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's Because I just think like the Asteri's power in itself they are literally beings that have traveled from planet to planet planet their power is just literally otherworldly that's truly what it is and so they have to have somehow be connected to like the word stones and like how that controls the power and it dampens it and they already clearly had a hand in hunt even if it was all the way back to his breeding I wonder if the tattoo is the control, not just a symbol because. And that's what I'm saying. It's it. Their magic is in it, whether or not it's the same as a word stone or when whatever. When he has it the first time, or I guess before he gets it off the tattoo. Yeah. Does he have his lightning at all? We don't really see his lightning until him and Bryce like hook up, do we? And then at that point, he doesn't have the tattoo. I think he does have like an inkling of it. I think that's what makes him more of that Umbra Mortis. I think, but I don't think it's as powerful as whenever him and Bryce finally declare themselves as mates. So when they've got the Gorsian stone on him, he doesn't have his thunder or his light. (laughs) He doesn't have his lightning. No. And then as soon as he gets the tattoo, he knows nothing at all. That almost makes me think like the Asteri... I don't think they wiped his memory. I think no. I don't. No, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think they wiped his memory. Like you said, like, I think it's a a thing where he's under control, similar to a word caller. But I wonder if all this time that if he's not in use, then they're basically like, eh, yeah, we well, can get him back anytime we want. So it's like they always have the power over him. It's just whether or not they're exercising it, and that's why I like them too easily leave Bryce and Hunt alone after Earth and Blood. Like yeah, where he doesn't have that tattoo on. Like it's just he technically didn't. Regelius is hiding out like a cat spying on him. But it was that facade of just like, but again, hey, like, we have freedom. Like again, they don't do their own dirty work. They pretty much set them up. Yes. And Regelius edged them on into start rebelling. Exactly. Otherwise they would have just otherwise they lived their lives. They're, otherwise they're creating a force. They're banning all these people together they're talking with hell like they could have overthrown the Asteri exactly because of Bryce's relationship with Adis and the power that Bryce and Hunt have together yes like Apollyon says and so that that fluke 1389 another comment that was further down in Reddit was them saying I could totally see him being under the Asteri orders to keep Bryce safe they need her to use the horn oh fuck yeah and the point about the cost of her friends and family is really, uh, this was a reply to another one, is really interesting and brings something else to mind with Shahar. It mentions that Hunt was ordered by Shahar to take Sandriel out, quote, by any means necessary. If he's been ordered to keep Bryce alive, then Fluke says, I could see that being the command and maybe why he didn't ca- seem to care about frying the rest of the group. 
Like whenever they were in the water and he was trying to protect her and he didn't fucking care about anybody else. It was so he's been commanded to protect her by any means necessary. And whether or not that would take out Rune, would take out Therian, would take out any of them as long as Bryce was safe. So I do have, and I have on here a sidebar theory that Liv won't like. I have, okay. Is this written down? Can I say something? You can say that, something. So I don't forget. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Because like you were saying, like the command, like he's being commanded. He's following these commands by any means necessary. He's not even thinking about it. He's associating. I literally watched a TikTok yesterday and it was so good. And it was just this girl talking about Cassian and like how Cassian's so slept on. Like people, despite silver flames, people are still like, oh, he's a brute. Like he, whatever. He's dumb. He's a himbo. Like no, he's, he's not. not. He's fucking not. He uses... He's a goddamn general, for Christ's sake. Yes. And Nesta voices, not voice, but like in her thoughts, you see throughout the book that she, she's used that in a way to hurt him because she knows that it does hurt him. But she also sees he's reading books about war and strategy and all this. Like she sees that's not what... I think she always knew that's not what he was, but she's actually sees the proof unfolding in front of her. That's not what he is. But at the same time... And she didn't want to see it. Right. But at the same time, like Cassian and Nesta both hide behind, or I guess maybe not hide behind, but they use other people's perception of them in their favor. Yes. So for everyone that thinks Cassian is stupid or he's a himbo or he's dumb or he's just a brute or whatever. I'm rolling my eyes. Yes. But he is able to use that because whenever Brielle has him at the blood right and he's got a knife facing Nesta Brianne tells Cassian, kill. The command is kill. And she says it like you would talk to a dog. She just says kill Mm -hmm. because she thinks that Cassian is a dumb brute. And it says that Nesta tries to convey in her eyes that she knows what's going to happen. She loves him. It's like nothing changes. She just wants to like basically project her forgiveness onto him. But Cassian, he's using that. Brianna thinks he's a brute that she can command him to kill and that he will just do the most obvious thing because he's a dumb brute, but he doesn't because he's not dumb and he's right. able to turn the knife on himself. So anyways, I'm just trying to think, I wonder if there's parallels there. And as I'm comparing Cassian and Hunt, like their commands and people mm-hmm. thinking they're dumb and whatever, and like them being able to use that. I also pulled the same thing for Nesta as I'm saying this out loud, Nesta and Bryce, where Nesta's like this evil bitch and she just lets people assume that Bryce is this party girl. Everybody thinks that she's dumb and spoiled and she just lets people assume that and they're able to use those things for themselves essentially and they don't care what people think. Which is as far as those parallels between Bryce and Nesta. Yeah, especially like those parallels with Bryce and Nesta. Like those are very like vocalized things. Because if their love all is possible, maybe Hunt can. (laughs) If you could see my face right now, Jesus Christ. So, First off, I want you to, everything that you just said, I want you to hold on to that. Okay. Okay. Is it relative? Yes. Oh, it just makes me so happy that I could have even similar thoughts I know. to Emily. I, I know. So <laughs> it is relative. However, we're going to do a sidebar theory. Okay. That you won't like. Okay. So this is the no conversation 4383. So this is Charlie who Emily partnered up with and made all the initial stuff. So this was in a Reddit reply thread of the theory. Someone on Reddit told me about how Hunt could be like a Trojan horse in that he could be the, quote, trap walking alongside Bryce. 
while Bryce is seemingly unaware because she happened to develop real feelings for Hunt. I'm not going to look at you anymore because I can tell your eyes there. There's fire lighting up under there. The repetitive lines he has when he kills and how he also disassociates in other stressful situations. Like maybe he is a weapon that works to keep Bryce safe, but at all costs of even her friends' lives, like in the submarine under the sea, which is odd considering Bryce is so overprotective of her whole family. And then that also plays into, I read the fluke 1389 reply but it also was i could totally see him being under asteri orders to keep her safe because mm-hmm. they want to use her as a weapon so he is the trojan horse that oh oh look it's a gift of everything's gonna be fine whenever it's an act of war and hunt being an act of war for the asteri yes i just knew you wouldn't like it because it's definitely one of those words like hunt's Hunt's bad, but if he's being controlled by the Asteri, then he is their Trojan horse. Mm -hmm. I just knew you wouldn't like it. We don't have to elaborate on it. I don't feel like that is the case, especially the way that Sky and Breath ended. Well, if that's the case, then I hope he pulls a Cassian and he's able to like get around the order somehow. But I, I, I think he's definitely going to be used as a weapon. I think the Trojan horse aspect, it doesn't... Doesn't stand on its own four legs uh, <laughs> as much anymore because of him and his defiance and be them taking basically taking him back as a weapon because it'll be pretty obvious like a Trojan horse is like oh secret like it's going to be pretty fucking obvious that mm-hmm. they have a hold on him just like Dorian and his collar so anyways I just wanted to bring that one there because I was literally like oh Liv is not gonna like that um <laughs> so say that again like. You want me to read? Like this, you said those about the secret of them having a hold on him. The Asteri having the, him back under their control. They oh. With that getting out? No. So being a Trojan horse, like the Trojan horse, the the, the army, or they're secretly inside of the horse. Like mm-hmm. it looks like a gift and it looks like a good thing whenever really it's like really bad. And so it just like also fell into that command of just keep her safe. But I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't. So bl- like, the, it seems like they care by saying keep her safe, but really, is that what you mean? It could just be like, oh, you know, protect her. But I, them using him as a weapon, like she believes that he is on her side mm. whenever really he's not. They've got the ability to control him at any point. Yes. So he's just walking alongside her. That's why they like, could freely so just- is that is that line from Regalia saying like I don't need one of those crones this time is that him like hinting that he knows it's hypaxia that's helping them oh I don't know but that's a good perspective because I feel like in this next book that we're going to see so much more of hypaxia because clearly she's going to find out about all the shit that Celestina did she's clearly going to have to rebel and I, I yeah because th- I never really got I never really understood how Hypaxia didn't suffer consequences for, unless that's, again, unless that's part of their fucking plan. Yeah. I think that it, I think this is, they were done with Sandriel. They needed her killed off and they knew Hunt could do it. Let's place hype. I don't know. And there was, and I thought I had it in here, but there was also another thing that was talking about possibly Shahar and Celestina, them being like friends but maybe them having developed more of a relationship 
than just friends. And then that's basically just that foreshadowing of setting her up with how she is with hypoxia. And how Celestina says that love is like, a po- she, does, she, does she say it's a poison or it's a trap or it's something? Yeah, basically like insinuating that hypoxia is not the first person that love Stina, is a trap hunt. Yeah, that Celestina and Shahar were also the same as Celestina and hypoxia. Basically her falling in love with the enemy both times. The governor walked past him toward where her lover had gone into the hall. There's a fine line between prince and slave too, you know. Hunt's chest tightened. I know. Then why accept the burden? She asked, pausing. Bryce seemed thick as thieves with the witch queen as they walked arm in arm. She's worth it. But Celestina said, face solemn, love is a trap, Hunt. She shook her head more at herself than him. One I can't figure out how to free myself from. You want to be free of it? The archangel stepped into the hall, wings still glowing with a remnant of power every single day. You could definitely draw parallels between Shahar and what happened with her there. Yes. And I I thought that I had it in this, but maybe it was just one of those where I was like, keep that in your noggin. But another parallel between Danica and Shahar. Did I already say this about loving them? I had the thought, but I think maybe I held it in. Bryce asks Baxian if Danica told him she loved him. He says yes, and Bryce is upset because she's like, Danica said he she only said it to me. And then whenever Bryce tells Hunt that she loves him, Hunt is like, Shahar never said those words to me. I said them to her like a fool, whatever. Yeah. And I thought, damn. I know. They're both just pawns in this game of power. In using them, in Shahar using Hunt and in Danica using Bryce to rebel or to figure out the Asteri, they've essentially handed the Asteri weapons. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. I know. Which also makes me really feel like that they're going to make it. Who? Bryson Hunt. They are. You cannot tell me that Sarah created that perfect couple. Yeah. And she's she's not going to kill them off. No. I don't think she will. She's not doing that. No. But now permanently she's not going to kill them off permanently right because i still stand by my that i think that um hunt's going to die and going to be reincarnated i'm standing by that through and through standing by that he will come back and if he is there it's something to do with bryce and hunt together or maybe even just hunt on his own because multiple demons from hell are like what are you doing with a tattoo on your head yes you two don't know what you could do together like they both make comments like that so it's and when it's also is they're gonna be able to defeat this story and they're gonna be able to do something together and become immune to what the asteri can do essentially and that's why i think that hunt will essentially have to quote unquote die Mm -hmm. to come back and then whatever is holding back his power for them to truly be able to become whatever it is that they could become according to the princes i think that's whenever it will launch it into something if just they can so be like big conduits of each other i wonder if bryce can actually revive him maybe that'd be cool like a little like shock clear mm-hmm. okay anyways anyways why anyways. so sorry also while i was gallivanting around about thur our gal pal emily we want to be your friend yeah. call us slide into my dms <laughs> <laughs> at a quarter theories <laughs> <laughs> and so this one, this was just really fun. And I think you're going to fucking love this. Oh so this will really make you feel a lot better after me being like, Hunt is just a, oh, uh, the Trojan horse. 
to kill off Bryce. Okay. I want you to look at me. I am. I'm just. No, but like, what if Nesta is Thur? I would just like to also start out. Emily started out with a disclaimer, and I would also like to start out with the, the same disclaimer. This theory aligns with the thinking that Akatar, Crescent City, and Throne of Glass worlds are not existing on the same timeline. I understand that Aelin flew past Prithian and that SJM has recently spoken about this matter, but I have addressed that in all other evidence she has in another post. So this is from her Tumblr. There's so many ways a nonlinear timeline could work. And she also has other theories to show that. But the most basic is that Throne of Glass is occurring in the past. Akatar is the present. And Crescent City is the future, which we have talked about before. If they can fall through time and space, as it's always mentioned those two things together, I don't see how that would be an outrageous theory. Yeah. Again, time is just a made up Also, construct. before you say this, I just want to, I don't know if she touches on this at all. But if you're saying if Nesta is there, so I'm thinking about that, that would be so interesting because, which I don't know, surely they know what lightning is in Prithian. Yeah, they have storms. I know, but I was just thinking like, they talk about her having like silver flames. She has silver fire in her eyes. I'm just like, how similar would silver fire look to lightning or electricity? Or if you weren't familiar with electricity, it would seem like storms. I know. I'm just saying it could be similar. Okay. So we know at the end of Dying Breath, Bryce has gone back in time. Okay. Quote, unquote, allegedly. Because if Akatar is the present. Okay. Or if Crescent City is the future, Akatar is the present. Bryce will go back in time. <sighs> so Nesta's powers. Except it can't be because of the 15,000 years thing in both worlds. That makes me think that they're on the same timeline. Again, time is a construct and everything is made up. True. Time isn't real. Time isn't real. Okay, so in Silver Flames, we are made to believe that Nesta has given up her powers, or most of them. But what if she doesn't need them? Because remember, she she goes on, but I would also like to just say, clearly Nesta had something before she was ever made. And I think I have literally said this in every episode. Tamlin's glamour did not fucking work on her. Mm-hmm. How? When... It works on Faye. It, it, yeah, it even works on Faye. How? So clearly there is so much more to that. Moving forward with Emily's stuff. That was my insert. Instead, Nesta has the harp, the mask, and the crown. She has the dead trove. Okay. We know it. We saw it. Okay. Even though Moore tries to hide the dead trove at the end of Silver Flames, the book concludes with this important passage. I got a crown of my own. Don't worry, Nesta said even as she knew that Moore was now winnowing all three objects of the trove back to the place Nesta had taken them from. She'd summoned them, working around uh, Helian's spells. No spell could ever keep them from her. Brielan had spoken true about that. And so Emily says that SJM is making it clear that Nesta's connection and use of the dead trove is far from over, which I definitely think that we will see in these future books. Dread Trove. Yeah, Dread Trove. Sorry. It's fine. You've said it like it's three a, times. It, I give you like twice. To, it's 11.55. Self-correct. It's 11.55. I'm just letting you know that I tried to hold back as much as I could, but after the third time, I just couldn't keep it in. Well, I'm really sorry. Would you like me to say it again so it's correct yeah, for the recording? You. No, it's fine. Keep nope. going. No, I'm saying it again. You just don't want to be caught. It's also 11.55. It's also great content. That I'm caught? Yeah. 
also it's banter. It's great content. It's, it could be the dead drove. Let's be honest. Cause except it's not cause there's an R there is, but not at 1155. There's not. <laughs> I like how earlier you were like, we could have conversations and not get mad. And like, I can just see the irate energy in your eyeballs. Ivory. Aries. Irate energy. You. It sounded like you said the ivory energy, and I, I was don't like, I know what I said. Yeah, it's eleven fifty-five. Okay. Fuck off. And we're old. And we're old. Our damn necks it. hurt. Oh my god! Be. All the way down. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So the dead drove because she could be killing motherfuckers. Throne of grass. Throne of throne of grass. Throne. Not fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As a Rowan stand, can't even fucking say the series. Anyways, okay. The horn, the hone, since I just like to drop my R's from everything. <laughs> In Silver Flames, it's suggested that there is a fourth Dread Trove item made of, quote, age-worn born. What? It says made of, quote, age-worn born. How's born spelled? B-O-R-N. The fuck does that mean? Okay, keep going. It seems to be... Popular consensus among Crescent City and Akatar readers that this missing item is the horn, the object tattooed into Bryce's back. Mm-hmm. With this in mind, it is then worth noting that the horn or the hone is this supposed to be bone? Did they have, did they make a typo? Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm like I'm googling age horn born. Well, like, well, what is that? My mean? my thought was like, did we forget a comma? Because it's in parentheses and it's made of, quote, age dash worn space born quotes. I bet it's supposed to be bone. I thought like maybe we for, like I was reading it and I was like, OK, maybe I just don't know. So age worn bone. I don't know. I'm going to look. Which would make sense for the horn. This is an Akatar that they talk about this, right? Uh, yes. It's age worn bone. Oh, yeah. So they. That's amazing. I love it. Because I was like... I do too, because it just makes me feel like I'm not alone. In being crazy? In making Emily, typos? she's just like us. I know. <laughs> Hi, everyone who was really fucking mean to her. Like, she's a goddamn human being and a beautiful one with an amazing mind who occasionally makes typos and makes me question my sanity of maybe I just don't know. <laughs> because I believe her more than my Yeah, uh, Yeah, I'm like, oh, I believed shit. what she said. And I was like, Olivia's going to be like, yeah, that's exactly right. Like... <laughs> So made of age-worn bone. Makes more sense. It makes I'm a lot on, more I'm sense. On, I'm on board. And I want to know what the horn is described as, like verbatim. One sec. You can keep talking. Just know that I'm not looking at you because I'm looking up. Okay, that's fine. I just wanted bone. you to look at me whenever I was like, Nesta is there. Okay. Okay, so. Did you get the reaction you were hoping for? Mm, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't want to tell you. I wanted you, you to be like, what? I didn't want to tell you, but I already saw that this week. I didn't read into it. I just saw a theory Nesta's third and I was like oh cool and then I didn't explore it further was that because I'd already told you that I was going to be talking about third was this before or after I don't know okay I probably after because I can definitely see you trying to look up everything that you I actually could. don't surprisingly I whenever, really whenever you say you have something coming up I just let it be I really do really which is weird for that's, my personality yeah that's why I'm like really okay Anyways, so in Silver Flames, it is suggested that there is a fourth Dread Trove item made of, quote, age-worn bone. <laughs> it seems to be a popular consensus among Crescent City and Akatar readers that is the missing item is the horn, which is on Bryce's back. So with this in mind, it is then worth noting that the horn, when wielded at full power, can do 
anything. It can even allow someone to establish themselves as an Asteri. Mm-hmm. That's what Micah says. The one who possesses the horn at full power can do anything, perhaps establish oneself as an Asteri. And Bryce is the seventh Asteri. Bryce is the seventh Asteri. Thus, if the horn is part of the she's dread- the Trojan horse, that's how she's going to get in, motherfuckers. Uh, thus, if the horn is part of the dread trove, then logic suggests that the other dread trove items of which Nesta can control and summon would have the exact same power. And it makes you think: if one dread trove item, such as the horn, can allow someone to establish themselves in a steery, what the fuck can three do? Amazing. Three items that Nesta can fucking wield at their full power at a whim. And this gives Nesta almost godlike powers. So then moving on to the crown. So Nesta's also an Asteri, if she wants to be. She's a descendant of a witch. But anyways. <laughs> so then the crown. So one particular item is of notable interest for this theory, and that is the crown. So at the end of um, Silver Flames, uh, we are informed that the crown can harness and manipulate the power of weather. Oh, bending it to its will. This, and so then she has um, some excerpts that I, I don't have page numbers for. But the storm halted cleared away to reveal the pale gray sky before dawn the last of stars winking out even nature could be influenced by the crown and so it's some interesting parallels between nesta and storms so for starters there are multiple occasions where sjm describes nesta using quote storm imagery stating that nesta dances like a night storm moving across the now empty dance floor like a night storm Nesta's rage is often likened to a storm, rage rippling like a storm around her. And she can even and she even describes herself as a storm cloud. Nesta felt like a storm cloud standing amid it all, but Elaine, the spring court, had been made for someone like her. But perhaps the most like salient example is when Nesta comes face to face with Tamlin. As Nesta starts to feel her rage. To threaten Tamlin with her wrath, thunder starts to grumble in the sky. And it says, I went into the cauldron because of you, she said softly, and could have sworn thunder grumbled in the distance. Cassian and Eris faded away into nothing, and there was only Tamlin. Then in the final battle on Ramiel, when Nesta faces off with Bellius, lightning is... Bellius? How's it spelled? B-E-L-I-U-S. How do they that's say just, it? No, That's just weird that there's a Prince Peleus in Crescent City. Oh, I was like, do they say it different? No. Oh, yeah. I wasn't oh. saying you were wrong. I was having a revelation. No. Okay. No. I was like. Sorry. I was like, is this you another typo? You looked ty- Sorry. I was like, is this another typo? No. I was just. I'm literally. I was like, I swore that was right. <laughs> I'm reading about the horn. I'm trying to figure out like how they describe the horn in Crescent City like physically. And it's just saying that. I don't um, really think there was much of a description because it was everything they ever said about it was well, it was broken. Like, yeah, I mean, it's Rune had out his phone picture of the illuminated manuscript green blight with the thick shadows. The illustration of the carved horn lifted to the lips of a helmeted fey male was as pristine as it had been inked a millennia ago. Above it, a figure gleamed an eight pointed star, the emblem of the starborn. Bryce went wholly still, the stillness of the fey like a stag halting in a wood. Weird. 
Another fucking stag Another mention. Stag. Damn it. And then Rune went on. The star eater himself bred a new horror just to hunt the horn. Using some blood, he managed to spill from Prince Peleus on a battlefield and his own terrible essence. So the star eater, Apollyon, mm-hmm. used his own essence mm-hmm. and Prince Peleus's blood. I just thought it was interesting that the names were so similar. That's all. Okay. Because I was like, did I typo? Okay. No, sorry. Okay. So then when Nesta faces off with Bellius, lightning is mentioned multiple times. And then she has on here more times than what the below screenshot conveys. I'm going to read you the excerpt. Lightning flashed, thunder boomed in its wake. A storm had swept around the mountain, veiling the moon, the stars. Only the lightning arcing across the sky provided illumination to Bellius's onslaught. She was on the defensive, and if she wanted to survive this, she had to find some way to change that. But the snow slickened the stones, the dirt, and as lightning lashed across the sky again, blinding them both, he thought faster, acted faster. In fact, Sarah's use of thunder and lightning in this scene was so overt that many readers started thinking about Thur. So I guess there is just a ton. God, why do I not pick up on all of this every time? The storm deity mentioned in Crescent City 2 who presumably could wield thunder and lightning. As a result, many theories started popping up about Thur's connections to Romiel and the Illyrians, that maybe Thur was even an Illyrian himself. So I'll just say I didn't make that connection because I've said this before. I was not connecting the two books. I read I read Silver Flames and then I was like, oh, Akatar is done. And then I started Earth and Blood and I was reading them as their own until obviously. That's what I told you though that I have seen people saying you should finish Sky and Breath and then read Silver Flames again. Yeah. And whenever we just did our most recent reread, I'm like, I'm not ready. I need to do it again. So sorry. I need to read Sky and Breath again and then go back and read Silver Flames again. Yeah. I wasn't connecting them mm-hmm. at first. So it's because she has would be interesting because she said you didn't have to if he was an Illyrian warrior because why do they have statues for Thur in Crescent City? There's other statues. I know, but like why him? He has a hammer or something, right? Well, Because he's a god. I was just thinking about the Illyrian warrior who held off the Daglin for three days until yeah, Enelius or something like that. Anelius, Bellius, Bellius. I know, I know. Um, that that would just be interesting if there was like parallels there. So, because how did one Illyrian war warrior hold off the right. Daglin for three days? Right. If he couldn't wield lightning. Right. And so it says. However, what if thunder and lightning had nothing to do with the Illyrians, but Nesta instead? And dare say it. What if Nesta is Thur? Okay. okay. In future books. Through the use of the Dread Trove, most notably the crown, what if Nesta will harness the power of lightning and thunder? Because we know that we've got a whole other Akatar that's going to show up. And then, you know, we're getting ready Flame and Shadow. Mm-hmm. And so then we are first introduced to Thur in the very first chapter of Crescent City. Bryce notices a statue of a fey male using a hammer. Lightning is cracking and he is forging a sword. And then it's a quote from the book. I don't have a page number, but on it, a powerful female stood poised above an anvil hammer raised skyward in one fist, lightning cracking down from the skies, filling the hammer and flowing down toward the object of the hammers intended blow a sword. Now who is the only character in the SJM universe who also raises a hammer and forges a sword in the exact same manner? None other than our lady Nesta. 
That's exactly what Bryce does. She she doesn't forge a sword, but she uses Hunt's lightning with her sword yes. as a conduit to fight the thingies in the bone quarter. So Nesta's arm arched above her, the hammer gripped in her clenched fingers. It was a dance. Each of her movements timed to the ringing echo of the hammer on the blade. She pounded the sword to a music no one but she could hear. And it is, and is it any coincidence Coincidence that the swords Nesta created emanated, 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 it's 12 09 in the morning, iridescent sparks and crackling magic. And so then here is Cassian stumbled back gawking. Iridescent sparks danced along the blade, pure crackling magic. The light danced and spurted as if an invisible hammer still struck it. Which is also the exact same description to the star sword when Hunt filled it with his lightning. (sighs) However, you're probably thinking, but Sir was a man. A big, strong man. (laughs) You've also probably picked up on Thur sounding just like Thor, which we've talked about. And the Norse god of thunder and lightning, who is also a man. But what if history got it wrong? I mean, we have talked about on here that, you know, men tell stories the way that they want to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And also the Asiri like to change history to fit their narrative. Yeah. So what if Thur was instead a woman? And then Emily says, because when you look at SJMs and then I put on here now deleted Pinterest board. For Twilight of the Gods, which was her rumored next series, she has artwork depicting Lady Thor. Again, I love mythology and I love all of this. I I had to look into a little bit of basically like a Lady Thor in any type of mythology. And so this is me. This is what I found. For all non-Marvel people out there, there is in fact a Lady Thor. I only know because of the Thor, his own movie or whatever. There is no Lady Thor in mythology. That doesn't mean that there aren't powerful goddesses who emanate the same power such as Thor. Such as in Norse mythology, Freyja, Old Norse for the lady, is a goddess associated with love, beauty, fertility, sex, war, gold, and Seyor, magic for seeing and influencing the future. Okay. Freyja is the owner of the necklace. Okay. I might butcher some of these words because, uh, again, they are Norse words. Brisingamen rides a chariot pulled by two cats, which I just thought was hilarious. And I know they're not like key cats. They're probably like, like hell cats, but is accompanied by the boar. And his name is Hildesvenny. Of course. And possesses, uh, it just rolls off the tongue, and possesses a cloak of falcon feathers. By her husband, Or, she is the mother of two daughters, and I'm only phonetically Hanas and Jerisemi. Cassian definitely gives off girl dad energies. Oh, 110% tracks. along with her twin brother, Frere, her father. Oh no, there's all, okay. <laughs> it's got the little two dots above the O on one and then like a sushi O. So I'm just going to do my white girl saying of Nijoro and her mother. She's unnamed. She is a member of the veneer. 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 Okay. Okay. V-A-N-I-R. Do they have brown skulls and fangs? Maybe. We don't, we don't really get into <laughs> That's that. That's going to come back. That, 
we don't really get it was just that. a weird detail to right. include in my research no but again the internet's a big place and so is mythology Frasia rules over her heavenly field Volkwagner where she receives half of those who die in battle the other half go to the god Odin's wall Valhalla within Volkwagner lies her hall Sesrumer Frasia assists other deities by allowing them to use her feathered cloak is invoked in matters of fertility and love and is frequently sought after by powerful Jotnar who wish to make her their wife. And then I have in parentheses looking at you, Eris. Scholars connected her to the Valkyries, female battlefield choosers of the slain. Of course they did. And then we go on to continue. So that was all my stuff. Now we're going back to Emily. And you can't tell me that Nesta as Lady Thor, or rather Thur, isn't so damn fitting. Not only in the mythology that I just talked about, but also, you know, literally she has on here, especially if we get to a scene where she's leading the Valkyries into war. Can you imagine that bitch up front wielding lightning, fucking taking those other bitches up there? Be like, what pow? So, okay. Ancestry. Going back to the statue of Thur, it is rather interesting that Bryce's father, Randall, likened it to Hunt. To which Bryce then joked that the statue was a, quote, long-lost relative of Hunt's. We know Hunt has similar lightning and thunder powers. We see it. They must have originated from somewhere. But strangely, no other character in the SJM universe possesses such power. At least not outwardly, right? Unle- so Cassian and Nesta's babies, the Thunderbirds? Unless they haven't possessed it yet. Given that this theory operates on the different timeline hypothesis, what if we are yet to see Nesta wield these powers. Cause we just talk like it just talks about it's happening around her. She's not actually outwardly mm-hmm. wielding them to achieve her status as Thur and her and Cassian's descendant is hunt. Although it is rather interesting that hunt is said to look exactly like the statues of Thur. If Nesta was Thur, but this detail was twisted throughout history, replacing her with a man, i.e. Cassian, what if the figure people currently known as Thur is Nesta and Cassian's son instead, or it could be Cassian? Is that who Hunt descends from, or could be his father? Many readers have commented on the likeness between Hunt and Cassian. And then I have a cute little side-by-side, but we already know. And let's not forget that Nesta and Cassian's bargain tattoo was a motherfucking eight-pointed star. The symbol of the starborn fae. We also know that, quote, Project Thur, the Dust Court, and the Starborn are seemingly all connected. The end. What's up with the Starborn, you think? There is a theory, and I don't know if it's Emily's, that the Archeron sisters are all Starborn. We can talk about that on another day. I have that in my arsenal. I'm That's one I'm like slowly picking at because I'm like, I feel I can't decide if it's like just way off in the left field or not. So I don't know. But they, the, uh, the Starborn or Lady Thor has two daughters. Yes. So does Thea. Mm-hmm. And Thea ran off with the general. Mm-hmm. She's the Starborn princess. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So interesting that Cassian is a general. That Cassian's the general. So was Hunt. And that Hunt's a general. But that Nesta, who 
could possibly, based on other theories, possibly be Starborn. Not that she necessarily ran off with him, but again, the Asteri can twist history into however they see fit and however it fits their narrative. Number one, they would never let a woman be in power like that. So of course they're going to make it into a lichen of Cassian. And it's one of those of maybe whoever... I wonder who Peleus is. What do you mean? If in Crescent City, if Nesta is paralleled with Lady Thor, as well as Thea with... I don't remember Thea's general, but if Cassian's a general, then it's like Nesta, Thea, Bryce. It's like different people living the same life. Mm-hmm. Cassian, Thea's general, Hunt. I'm just thinking. The whole thing with the Asteria is, like you said, they could have changed history, but they said that Thea betrayed High King Peleus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody said he was the starborn, and they're like, no, he wasn't the starborn. Thea was the starborn. And that's when Rune's like, oh, fuck. I thought I was a starborn prince because of Peleus, but maybe it's actually because of Thea. Yeah. I don't know who Peleus would be in that equation. Eris? Question mark, question and then, mark, question mark, Yeah, question mark. so then does the Autumn King feel entitled to the star? Oh, my God. Do you like how I was like, Eris? Like, yeah. that earlier where I'm like, looking at you, Eris. But, like, but I have a... I guess I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that, like, Eris is not a bad guy. Oh, no, I don't think Eris is a bad guy. But he could also be used as a scapegoat. He could. And it... Yeah. If it fits the Asteri. If it fits their agenda or they can, if they can twist history just enough. Because if you think about it, the way that Eris is perceived by everyone else, Mm -hmm. he's a fucking dick and he's evil. And all he cares about is. The Autumn King thinks he can go back to Prithian and become High King as some kind of like, (laughs) some kind of like blood, whatever. I mean. For real. Am I trying to say? Like, he's technically right, like his, an heir. Yeah. 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 Uh, his claim to the throne. I, they almost, had no I right. almost said the Iron Throne, and I'm like, this is not Game of they Thrones. Had, <laughs> they had no right to split Prithian into seven courts. He is the rightful heir. That's what I meant to say. Rightful heir. That was the phrase I was looking for. Oh, I'm over here like, blood. That's want, what I said. I want to suck your blood. Uh, no. Oh, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Eris, he's putting up this front and hes he just wants the world to think that he is just as nasty as his dad. And because he is also technically a general over the Autumn Court. Mm. And he is the one that truly so they, leads the so, armies. So has the Asteri taken Nesta not accepting Eris's proposal and running off with a general yeah. as like the Thea general thing against Peleus? Possibly. Is Eris starborn? Is uh, Eris... Okay, so actually, no. I don't think so. Is Eris the one who Apollyon mixes his blood with on the horn and fucks everything up? I, I, and truly, I think that Eris Maybe has they're not so the same people. Power. Maybe it's just a lot of parallels. And History he, repeating itself, if History you will. repeating itself. Grumpy old men. Things being up. lost to timelines. I don't know what's happening, but there's a lot of parallels. There's a lot of parallels. And I think that Eris is going to make a huge stand in future Akatar books. I do. I think he's going to fully, you know, just overtake his dad and kill that motherfucker. And I, I do. I think that it's. <laughs> I live in constant fear that someone will kill my father. <laughs> Baron upstairs, fifth door on the right. Yeah. <laughs> After stealing <laughs> weapons from our unlocked shed. I mean, I do. I think I wouldn't consider it a redemption arc with Eris because I feel like that his was like 
a slow incline where he's he's chosen a side and he knows who he needs to be allied with. It will be him taking out his dad. He is considered that high lord royalty or mm-hmm. whatever because he is that direct heir. And yeah, when he was pining after Nesta and seeing that possibility of power with Nesta and because that possibility... Nesta looks like she was meant for the night court. So the whole starborn thing could be... Between- if she has the pa- if Oh, God. Because, yeah, her and Farah are clearly meant for the Night Court. And the only thing is, the all three sisters being starborn, they say that Elaine is not made for the Night Court. But she's not Pop Archeron's kid. She is that. that, She's the one that, like... the middle child. And they also... They say they have like the special relationship together. So maybe he's just overcompensating with the fact that's not his kid. Yeah, and they literally talk about her features are so much different than her sisters. Even like Feyre has like sharper features and obviously Nesta has like super sharp features. Elaine is like soft and her cheeks are round and she, her eyes are, even though we always talk about Nesta's eyes, but her and Feyre have very similar eye color and Elaine doesn't. Wouldn't that be some shit? Wouldn't that be some shit? And it could also just be like those other side of the genetics are coming out. Just a sidebar, I also do really like and then maybe you sent it to me. I don't know. Uh, the theory of the reason that they became poor so suddenly that everything went to shit was that a bargain, a bargain. Yeah. I just saved a, I was looking for screenshots from Sarah's deleted Pinterest or whatever. And I found something else and it's, it's cute. It's like a screenshot of someone's Pinterest feed. It's like two screenshots of a Tumblr post. It says, just want to remind you that Cassian sacrificed his wings for Asriel. Wings are the pride and joy of Illyrian. And he gave up his very essence for Asriel. And then the next one, they're not related. They're just like happened to be on the same screenshot. Yeah. Send someone's feed at the same time. This other one says, Reese, Asriel, and Cassian's chest tattoos are actually a bargain between the three of them to protect each other and stay loyal. Maybe instead of BFF necklaces, they got tattoos. So maybe they have BFF tattoos and Cassian had to do that. They have brosif BFF. Yeah. Oh, that's just a fun little sweet note to end this on. So y'all can sleep tonight. Good, because... It's 1230 and I'm so tired. Good. Then maybe I'll actually sleep tonight because you, hurt. you do like to potentially ruin my whole life and keep me up all night with some of the unhinged shit that you send me. Yeah, but now I'm tired and I never remember the closing stuff. So can you, you send us off and I'll <sighs> say bye? I will send us off. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Accord of Theories. If you have any unhinged theories, email them to us at a court of theories at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Patreon and slide know, in our DMs. Slide into our DMs. Pay your spring court tithe on our Patreon and get access to the legitimately unhinged shit we cannot post to the public. That true fact behind a paywall. Please rate and subscribe. Give us some five stars. Give us some love. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. We love you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.